Hello. Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Woo! If you can't tell, I have a little bit of a lisp. <laughs> I got Invisaligns. I have to get teeth moved around so I can get teeth out of my head to have other teeth put into my head. But that's why I sound a little funky. So I apologize if any of my S's are a little too shaft. I, I'm trying really hard not to, like, I'm trying really hard to enunciate. <laughs> It's not really working. You're just living that early 2000s, early fallout boy Patrick Stump where you just kind of talk in cursive. I'm fine with that. <laughs> not great for an audio <laughs> medium, hey, but you we're know. We're doing what we got to do. We're doing, what, we're doing everything we can. In- important question. Are the teeth coming out of your head going to go into your box of teeth? Yes. Cool. Yep. That is where they go when, when they leave my body. Or other people's other, bodies or other people's bodies we won't um, be explaining. it's not it's not creepy i promise no, we're not explaining <laughs> i just want to make sure y'all don't think, think no i weird. want you to think it's creepy i want you to think it's weird <laughs> but it's not weird <sighs> it's unusual okay i'll accept that I'll it accept would that. it would it would let's put it this way oh if something weird and random happened and like you and tyler disappeared without a trace and they were like searching your home for clues it would raise an eyebrow i think they might bag it for evidence if they find it yeah yeah but like if they're like tearing your house apart like gone girl style they might be like um that is a fa- then, it's then a i point. get a call being like were the hamsons involved with any mafia unusual activity <laughs> Um, and I'll be like, I mean, well, how much time do you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't have a ton of time because we're recording three episodes in a day because cool we've things got, are happening soon. We've, we've got some fun stuff going on. But if you'd like to hear any of the past fun stuff we've been up to, feel free to go to our website at thispodcastdoesnexist.com. There you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, all of our socials. We live on Instagram. Go ahead and hang out there we also have a nice big fat shiny button that has has not gotten a lot of love recently you guys really gotta go and press that thing to write in and let us know how everything is going on in the world if you've got any suggestions any stories to tell anything you'd like us to know either about you or us or anything really feel free go ahead drop it in there and we will very happily read it and feature you on an episode. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was Thank good. Thank you. You're I was sitting. I was like, when should I? When should I deploy the bit? That was good. That was good. You get it. <laughs> Cocked and ready. So, are you ready for today? Probably not. I don't know. Is it spooky? Uh, oh, no. Guys, it is officially spooky season when this episode drops, <laughs> at least for me, because it'll be September. <laughs> Spooky season started. Spooky Spooky season started a couple days ago for me. I'm not laughing at you. I know. I mean, I am, but not maliciously. Spooky season. I will say, Shannon's the only person who has pointed out that I have as bad of a lisp as I do. I think it's proof that I love you. No, I. That's totally. I'm not mad about it. I'm calling it. And I, I can, I can hear it myself. It's not as if I haven't heard it, but it's just funny that like. Obviously, I mean, you know, Tyler doesn't care, but, like, I've seen Brittany today, and I've seen, like, multiple people in between, like, no one's pointed it out. I, it's just funny. To be fair, most of the time we hang out, it's 
in pursuit and production of an audio format. That's true. So you were I'm very like carefully hyper listening. aware. <laughs> you were very carefully listening, going, hmm. Are they going to notice? Hmm. Now I feel like we should have just like ignored it. And <laughs> it just made like, me sound funny. What's happening? All Maybe right. you can't even hear so it. So it's but spooky. I can. Is it? Is it scary though? I mean, we'll see. All right. All let's right. Go. Are you ready for this spooky season of it all? Because we're headed down south to Georgia. To Georgia. With the devil. To Georgia. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> With the devil. To the Moon River Brewing Company. Pulls out a fiddle. <laughs> It sounds like the beginning of that, like, <laughs> you're not wrong. And is that not an appropriate theme song for our show? Uh, again, you're not our wrong. Spooky our spooky <laughs> Well, guys, we're headed to Savannah. <laughs> There's a lot of S's today, really terrorizing me. All right. So, the oldest city in Georgia, Savannah. This is where we're headed. <laughs> Shannon cannot contain herself. <laughs> I was silently laughing. You could have kept talking. You're not silent. You're so not silent. <laughs> so the oldest city in Georgia, Savannah, is also its most haunted. It's usually considered the most haunted city in America. With homes like the Sorrel Weed House a handful of plantations, and multiple Civil War sites, it's not hard to believe that this morbid tagline is true. And one of the oldest buildings in Savannah might just be the most haunted place of them all. So, what is now known as the Moon River Brewing Company at 21 West Bay Street was first the City Hotel, built by Charleston, South Carolina native Eliezer Early in 1821. The space served as the very first hotel in Savannah the very first branch of the U.S. Post Office in Savannah, and the very first branch of the Bank of the United States in Savannah. Hmm. So a very convenient place if you wanted a nap, some cash, and to send out a love letter. I love all of those things. Yeah. The hotel guests were many and notable, including the first three Commodores of the U.S. Navy, Winfield Scott of War of 1812 fame, Great Scott! The Marquis de Lafayette, <gasps> and James Audubon, who stayed for six months trying to sell his book of wildlife sketches. <gasps> guys remember him? him? <laughs> Go listen back to the Heist Thursday. Heist Thursday. Still makes me laugh. Shannon posted a, a um, quote from it on our Instagram the other day, and it just made me giggle. Heist Thursday. They are bad boys, but I love them. I do love them. They're so bad, but I love them. <laughs> The City Hotel was bought in 1851 by Peter Wiltberger, who renovated the space. He also sounds like a weird dude, as he bought a live lion mated pair to display in his hotel to draw attention to the business. Huh. It's just, just the mid-1800s in America having wildlife like that. Like, I'm very scared for people, but also really sad for those lions. I mean, I guess I won't bring this idea to my marketing team meeting on Tuesday. I mean, feel free. I, mean, like, I would love to see how that This is how we get out. more people to come to our college. We just have an elephant wandering around the first floor. <laughs> the last guest of the city hotel checked out in 1864, just before General Sherman's troops arrived in Savannah. And at this point, I stopped and was like, War of Northern Aggression, the Union Invasion, or the Southern Rebellion. What did you learn to call the Civil War in middle or high school? <laughs> oh, just 
the Civil War. See, no. I went to school in multiple different places around the U.S. because we were military. And so I was, you know, bumping around everywhere. And I learned when living in Texas that the Civil War was the War of Union Aggression. I learned when we were in Nebraska that it was the Civil War. And then I had friends who learned it as, yeah, the War of Northern Aggression, Union Invasion. And then there was one time in Rhode Island where I learned it as the Southern Rebellion, which I was like, there's just, we can call it one thing, but it just made me giggle. What did you, what did you guys learn the Civil War as? And how much of it did you learn? Because that was also the thing. Oh, yeah, no, it was like two weeks yeah we barely we barely touched it honestly like freshman year of high school history class was like technically i guess supposed to be like american history but we really just bombed through like and i guess we must have taken longer with like the earlier stuff because we only were at the 1920s in march whoa because that was when they were doing the we were doing the musical and i got to just do the choreography from the show to get extra credit but yeah i just remember us like bombing through pun intended like the world (laughs) wars like just going and like maybe we talked about vietnam for like five seconds on like the second to last week of school like golly gotta cram all that history in you guys yeah and i obviously remember so So, much of it but like that was back in the day where i would just reread the chapter the night before the test yeah And then, because we always had to write an essay, but I would just remember the little, like, fun factoids from, like, the little side story boxes or whatever. And I always got, like, extra credit on my papers. Procrastination. Mr. Rand was like, wow. And I was like, it's really not hard. Using procrastination for your advantage. It ain't that hard, people. It's really not. It's really not that hard. What? Like, it's hard? So... The Civil War and antebellum era saw the close of the hotel and turned it into a hospital for the war and housing yellow fever victims. After that, the building was used to store lumber and coal. Once coal went off the market as a good source of heat, the building was used just as general storage. In the 1960s, the space was turned into an office supply store, which had a large printing press. A hurricane blew off the roof in 1979, and not much was done with it after that. It wasn't until 1995 that Eugene Becko and John Pinkerton bought the place and renovated it into the Moon River Brewing Company, opening to the public in 1999. The craft beer has won awards and is produced on-site in a 15-barrel copper-clad brew house. You can eat at the brew pub or out in the beer garden, but whatever you choose, the beer and restaurant are considered some of the best in America. Hmm. So, that's the history of the building. We've got a nice... Okay, how nice. Bye, everybody. That was fun. Goodbye. Goodbye. Because the thing about (laughs) the brewery is that pretty much everyone who works there has a story, including the owners and founders. One of them, total believer. Absolutely. This is, this is it. This is, this is real. The other, I've never had anything ever happen to me. Everyone's just kind of. I didn't know the ghoul boys opened a (laughs) brewery. Shane's just in the corner like, no, no, I live. He's like, it's for the marketing, Ryan. Yeah, I live for the moment when they start their episode that's like, we're here to find out are ghosts real? And that it always pans to Shane and he just does a quick little like shake of his head like, (laughs) no. No. (laughs) (laughs) I live for it. It's so good. 
All right, so we're going to go by floor. We're starting at the top. The top floor was the site of many sad deaths from yellow fever during the building's stint as a hospital. The fever, which is a viral disease spread by mosquitoes that causes jaundice as well as multiple other things, hit Savannah multiple times. With no way to prevent the spread and no good treatments, the majority of weaker victims of the virus died, most of them children. While there are a couple reports of voices being heard up there, there aren't that many instances of activity. But most everyone can agree that the top floor has a terrible, oppressive, sad energy. It's as if the hopelessness is bleeding through the years, which is sad. Hopping down, the third floor has a bit more of a reputation for encounters. Both workers at the brewery and patrons have reported hearing children's voices talking and playing up on the third floor. Mm. Yeah, possible little victims of yellow fever. But they aren't alone up there. Uh. <laughs> the sound you just made sounded like a buzzer from like a TV show or something like, <laughs> eh. I, don't, I, would, eh. I would not be able to do it again. <laughs> it, was, it was good though. Like, uh. nope, wrong. Not uh. happening. We're not talking about it. Nope, wrong. <laughs> Come, we have, what's his name? Steve Harvey? Yeah. <laughs> Family food. Family food. Family food. <laughs> family food Ooh, i'm hungry let's go one ghost of the brewery is referred to as the woman in white or mrs johnson of course there's a woman in white <laughs> or mrs johnson which i love they they're being polite they're, they're being Southern. polite yeah that's true they've given her a name excuse me excuse, excuse me, me mrs johnson, johnson. <laughs> oh my god can you imagine greg in oh, this god. oh my god i love it drunk greg oh <sighs> Drunk Greg, honestly, you guys, is one of my favorite. Just the vibe is great. It's very fun. Our favorite cryptid. Yes. Because our friends still haven't met him. <laughs> nope. So she's often seen on the third floor, but no one can really pinpoint who she might be or why she she is called Mrs. Johnson. Oh. There's speculation that she was a nurse from the building's time as a hospital, a guest of the hotel who never checked out, or even a hotel worker who didn't want to clock out. No one is sure, but she does appear often enough that they gave her a name. When construction was being done on the third floor in the 90s, the foreman's wife came to drop off his lunch. As she got to the top of the staircase of the third floor, something pushed her. She fell all the way down the staircase hard, almost flying past the first few steps. It was clear that she didn't trip or stumble to everyone who saw it happen. The foreman left the site that day and refused to come back. And the third and fourth floors are still in pretty not great shape. Was she okay? I couldn't find anywhere. I if feel like she if she survived, had died, they would have said so. I, w- I would hope. it's extra creepy. I would hope that they would have at least said she didn't survive. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't say she did survive also, like, scares me. So just know that I have no clue and I could find nowhere that gave me that information. Just margarita of salt. Oh, pour one out for Jimmy. Everybody, have a cheeseburger. He's in paradise now. A woman was also seen at the top of the stairs by a manager years later. He was at the bottom and called up to ask if he could help her since she really wasn't supposed to be up there. She looked panicked and evaporated. (laughs) (laughs) I wish every time. I I wish. I love, that's how ghosts should react. Like, (laughs) oh, I forgot to put on my... Cloaking powers. God. That or, oh shit, you can see me? Damn it, damn it. (laughs) Abort, abort. 
they're ghosts, but they can touch some stuff. So they're a heist team of ghosts. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like super excited for this brainstorming. You were like, no, that's all I got. That's the idea. Okay. That's what I do. I just throw them out into the universe and then Ruth writes them maybe someday. Maybe someday. People really should be, should have been playing the bingo card this episode. I feel like we had unexpected celebrity mention. Oh yeah. We came up with an idea. Yeah. Guys, if you wanted, if you want to start. We probably made a musical reference, didn't we? Somewhere. Yes. I think. You talked about Lafayette. I did. And I tried to come up with a, with a lyric and it was, my brain was not fast enough. right. But uh, if you do want to play the bingo card, feel free to go find that on our website as well. So sorry, I didn't mention it before, but it won't be the end of squares you could get. So the main floor hopping down of the brewery has had its fair share of activity. There was a woman in antebellum clothing who walked calmly into the dining room and was seen by multiple people, including the bartender who assumed she was a reenactor from the area, but she never made it to the bar, instead disappearing into nothing right in front of him. As she did, a lull washed over the room as multiple people saw her vanish. Hmm. Which is just like, baller move for a ghost. Truly. I got a trick. (laughs) I want to have fun today. I'm bored. (laughs) You. (laughs) Yeah, Truly. James Sinclair, a Yankee looking for work in the South, came to the city hotel but was pressured by the locals at the bar to leave. And just trigger warning, this doesn't end nicely. Mm. When he refused, the locals beat, stripped, and attempted to kill him with lynching. He survived, but only just. He was a white man. Regardless, not great. The main floor is also the site of a murder. Wait, sorry, James was his name? James Sinclair. And what year was that 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 happened? Um, just after the Civil War. Okay, right. So. He was a Yank, though. The, but the, the purpose of sharing that is that he's one of the ghosts, we think. Potentially. Okay. So there's there's multiple sorry, happenings. We, like, yes. we like talked about it and then it was like, next thing. I was like, wait, but no, no. The, the bad things so happened sorry. to him. So sorry, so sorry, so sorry. Yes, bad things happened to him. He did not die on site uh, but it was a obvious a traumatic traumatic situation, situation. so it. he is presumed to be one of the ghosts that people encounter got it so the main floor is also the site of a murder murder in 1832 philip menace and james stark refuting badly according to a friend this is before the ho- before the oh no the other one the other one was before the civil war as well because it was still a hotel gotcha. excuse me I misspoke. This is also before the Civil War. This is when it's still functioning as a hotel. According to a friend of Philip, James Stark had insulted Philip when he wasn't present, calling him a, quote, damned Jew, end quote, and multiple other anti-Semitic slurs. Philip Minnis was Jewish, but was also a a physician and a well-respected and known member of an old Savannah family. So insulting on a base human level, but also on the level of propriety. James, a member of the Georgia State Legislature at the time, was known for his uncouth behavior and belligerence in town. When Philip heard the insults secondhand, he demanded in James's presence that that he say them to his face. When James denied to do so, and instead made a private apology in April of 1832, it seemed to be okay. However, in July, James denied having apologized at all in public. Hmm which is just not great, bud. Philip wrote to James, demanding an apology at their very least satisfaction by way of duel. Mm. 
James agreed to the latter. Seven, eight, nine. It's ten new commandments. <laughs> that beat drop was good. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. On August 9th, the negotiations were engaged by the seconds, Thomas Wayne and J- uh, on James Stark's side and Charles Spaulding on Philip Minnis's. The first proposal from Wayne was rifles at Scrivens Ferry, South Carolina, later that day, which is just over the bridge. Hmm. But Spaulding objected, since Philip's rifle, the usual choice for weapon, was being repaired. The duel would have to be delayed until the following day regardless, Spaulding argued. Scheduling inconveniences. <laughs> Truly. Regardless of the objection, James and his second, Wayne, crossed the river to South Carolina, discharged their rifles, and declared victory over Philip Minnis, because he didn't <laughs> appear. Okay. Yeah. This did not go over well with Philip, and an argument in the street, as well as rumors that Philip had been a coward and had not gone to the duel he proposed, were an assurance that this was not the end. On August 10th, Philip and his second, Spaulding, went to the bar room of the city hotel. James and Wayne were already upstairs and came down when they heard the other men had arrived. Philip called James a coward, and while James reached for his pistol, Philip shot him through the chest, killing him instantly. Philip was eventually persuaded to give up his weapon to Spaulding, although he threatened the crowd with the gun for a moment before doing so, and to go wait in the office for the sheriff to arrive, who came within the hour. Philip Minnis was put on trial, but not until a long search for a judge not connected to either man was found, because mm. Philip's father was a judge on the inferior court, and a superior court judge was related to James through marriage. They eventually had to ship in a judge from the Western Circuit to preside over the trial in 1833. The trial was six days long, and a two-hour deliberation by the jury returned the verdict of not Gilly. Gilly? <laughs> you are not a Gilly suit, <laughs> You're sir. not a Gilly you you ain't gilly <laughs> not guilty we don't have time to unpack I'm the so classism of accents in popular culture right now uh, so we're gonna keep it keep it rolling <laughs> i'm sorry if i offended anybody but that just made me giggle they ended up calling it a justifiable homicide which hmm. okay okay philip went on to live his life very fully rising to a major in the army and working as a successful physician and businessman for the rest of his days. Regardless of the verdict, there is one person still around who definitely hasn't let it go. James Stark, the man who died. He's purported to be the one creating a ruckus on the main floor, throwing liquor bottles, pushing people, or grabbing and hitting them while in the dining room. Some people have felt someone touch them while they were eating with no one sitting nearby, and others, especially women, have complained of the bathroom being super cold or even being locked in one of the stalls. Gross. Terrifying. But it seems the basement is where all the activity really is at, Mm-mm. which seems to be, like, the thing. That's usually... Basements are scary in general, but, yeah. like... Mm. The basement has a billiards room and a small bar, but sudden coldness, bottles being thrown, being touched by otherworldly hands, or even being pushed by them is a good enough reason to stay out of the basement. However, if you do want to hang out there a little longer, you may see Toby, the most well-known ghost in the building. Toby! Toby. He's often seen wandering the basement, getting frustrated by people playing billiards and pushing them if he feels like it. 
There's also a rumor that Toby isn't a ghost, but a demon who has decided that this is where he'd like to live on Earth. Oh. But the workers saw him often enough that they decided he deserved a name, so they chose Toby. No clue why. Cool. But he tends to lurk in the shadows, so you might miss him even if he's there, which gives me big Phantom of the Opera vibes. Mm. Which also is terrifying. The, do you guys remember that scene? The most terrifying moment of my childhood was watching Phantom of the Opera, the movie, and Christine is in her dressing room and she's looking into the mirror and then suddenly the mirror starts to get less and less mirror-like and is more just like a window and the phantom's behind it. Yeah. That like, oh my God moment of I can see him scared the living daylights out of me. So that's what I think would happen if I saw Toby. Cool. <laughs> Not a good story? No, I, I just don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> just what like, like he said. Cool story, bro. Cool, cool, <laughs> cool story, story bro. man. So while I love a good ghost story, you know what I love more? A ghost show. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so our favorite cool boys, Shane and Ryan, did an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural in the Haunted Brewery. They were a little more aggressive than we're used to them being. At least Ryan was. So much so that Shane addressed it saying, quote, I feel like if you truly believed in them, you'd be a little bit more respectful. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Apparently Ryan was just getting frustrated that he wasn't getting any answers. So he was just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> which is funny. Shane is also sporting a very large mustache in this episode, which doesn't look bad on him. But Ryan made sure to tell the ghosts, quote, we're not here to hurt you. I know this guy's mustache suggests otherwise, but we're not going to hurt you. <laughs> End quote. <What? laughs> this is just so mean. Overall, the investigation produced very little. There were a few whispers, but really nothing more. Of course, I had to seek out ghost adventures and boy, did it deliver. Oh, boy. It's a season two episode. Oh, yikes. So it is Baby Baggins bounding around the basement. Baby. <laughs> Do you remember? In, in Baby Chitty Baggins <laughs> bounds around the basement. Do you remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? <laughs> the, the grandfather telling the story. And it's the, the great big bear lulloped over the mountain. <laughs> and that's what I think of. Baby Baggins, Baby Baggins now I'm just, around and now the I'm just picturing a like a board book of like <laughs> all the characters. Oh no, and I'm gonna have to make that, aren't the I? Mongoose gallantly gallivanted <laughs> through the grotto. I don't know. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that makes me so happy. This is how uh, Shelby's children will learn their ABCs. <laughs> yes, I love this. So, Baby Baggins, bounding around the basement, and his voice isn't very gravelly. Oh. So. So it's mm. a, it's a so bit. So it's a bit. The clips I was able to find of this episode, because Zach Baggins refuses to put whole episodes up for free, because how, how dare you not pay. Look, Las Vegas taxes are probably high. Honestly, that's fair. All right. But the clips I was able to find were just so good. They're in the basement, turning into the space where the bar is, when Zach claims he sees something. Something brushes past Aaron and Nick, which these are people within. I feel the, the need to explain to you. Cinematic universe. Yeah. These are characters within the cinematic universe. Um, Nick no longer is on the team. He's split off. There's and, been drama. Oh yeah. Or there I was know. promised there was, drama. There was promised drama, and then nothing happened. That's lame. But I mean, Nick left ages ago. So yeah, but yeah, it was connected to him. Anyway, 
So something brushes past Aaron and Nick has something white and orby fly past his head. And then both Zach and Nick have extreme head pain, so bad that it hurts to touch their heads. Zach claims that this is where the woman who fell down the stairs from the third floor finally landed, which I don't think is true. I'm like, how do stairs work? I mean, but this is also in a section of the, it's not like they go all the way down. Like, it's not like you stand at the top of the stairs and there's stairs all the way down. That's what I'm saying. It's like like zigzaggy, (laughs) usually. So I'm like very confused. But anyway, that's what he claims. Both Zach and Nick's static cameras stop working, and Nick seems to be overcome with pain, just leaning against the table while he and Zach catch their breath from the cold and pain flowing over them. Nick looks over at Zach, and Zach jumps back and says, You look weird, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's eyes do admittedly look crazy and pretty intense, and Zach eventually manages to snap him out of it. Nick comes to, not remembering what happened, He says in the moment he blacked out, but later, when interviewed, he says he just kept hearing, kill him, kill him, kill him, over and over in his head, which is very weird. And also, like, why wouldn't you say that in the moment? (laughs) But okay. Maybe he didn't want his friends to feel uncomfy that he was hearing a demonic voice say kill them. These men do not care about each other's comfort. Okay, But I mean, it's a a possibility, but it's like, I I don't know. Well, maybe I will say that's fair from Nick. Zach does not care. (laughs) There was also a photo the three of them all signed and gave to the owner of the bar, and Zach wrote at the top, quote, the Moon River Brewing Company is haunted. And showed it to the camera. And then he said, quote, that's my statement and I'm going to stick by it. I don't say that about a lot of places. End quote. They're now on season 26. (laughs) Wow. Just. Oh, my God. And then I found my new favorite show. Oh, boy. Ghost Brothers. (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh. I love it. Dalen, Jawan, and Marcus are best friends and paranormal investigators who are just delightful. The show is also on the Travel Channel, and they have multiple versions of their show. So there's Ghost Brothers, Ghost Brothers, Haunted House Guests, Fright Club, and their most recent and currently running Ghost Brothers Lights Out. They also have a podcast about everything spooky and urban legend related. I'm going to listen. Their investigation in the basement is honestly the best to produce anything out of all three of these marcus is the is talking about how a tour guide lead of the place told him that one of his guides was suddenly possessed in the basement and just kept saying belay the mast this phrase is nautical in origin meaning to keep the mast in its last position which may be a call of distress so like if something happens bad weather or they're fighting with another ship and the mast gets moved from its position or comes out of its position then belay the mast is quickly get it to where it was before Hmm. so marcus tells Jawan to say the phrase on the other side of the room Jawan turns to a mirror behind him and says it quote bloody mary style and quote loudly three times (laughs) it was very funny because he he says it first he's like belay the mast and marcus is like dude louder make it more forceful he goes with my chest (laughs) i was like yes say it with your chest (laughs) After the third time, there is a loud crash behind them all in the bar area. They immediately go to investigate, and a row of wine glasses that were tucked under the bar have been shattered. 
the whole shelf and some of the floor is covered in glass. They leave the basement at this point for upstairs much calmer than I would have. They're just like <laughs> walking up the stairs calmly next to each other, discussing how they don't have the budget to pay for broken wine glasses. <laughs> They're like, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. Are you going to pay for that? He's like, no, I didn't break them. Why do I have to pay for it? I feel like you and I would be like, I'm going up the stairs first. No, I'm going up first. No, I'm. We'd be like. <laughs> we'd be like we, bouncing in yeah, between. We'd be like, Tyler, you have to come down to the basement so that then we can go up and you can be last. Yeah, you can be last. You have your back to the basement because we don't want our back to the you basement. You can handle getting attacked by yeah. a ghost. <laughs> and then we'll talk about it on the pod. Yeah. So, whether or not the ghosts really do occupy the floors of the Moon River Brewing Company, it might just have solidified itself as a stop on our pod road trip, if for nothing else but a good burger and a beer for Tyler. I'm eating outside. (laughs) And that's saying something, because it's Georgia. And and we'd we'd probably not want to, but we would, purely because ghosts. Gotta... To find a Catholic church real quick. <laughs> just quick. Did you some holy water? Just that sauna bottle and the <laughs> your water gun. <laughs> Can you imagine us in the basement? We hear something and both of us turn and spray a water gun. And that's just some you guy. Open your Dasani water bottle and <laughs> it's just some guy being like. So are you ready for the check? Or <laughs> and we're like, well, now you're double blessed. Sorry. So sorry. <laughs> You've got holy water all over you. The Pope's going to love you. <laughs> so holy. Uh, well. So not scary. Not, not like scary. Not scary. And now, unless Spooky, we were to go not there. Scary. Unless we were to go there, in which case you probably would not want to go inside. Uh, uh, not the basement, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, I so far as I'm aware, based on what I can see from their website, as well as any videos that people took, it's really just the main floor that people are allowed on. You can go into the basement, but they don't advise it because it's like they don't keep they don't keep it up all that much. And mm-hmm. I mean, there is a a pool table down there, but I don't know how often they're like, yeah, go head down and head head down to the basement. I don't I don't know. I would love to go. I love Savannah. I've only been once, but it was like a quick stop off for like dinner because we were driving down to Florida, mm-hmm. and I would love to go back because it's beautiful and I've. I've looked at like because it's it's known as the most haunted city in America, mm-hmm. which then means that I immediately looked up to see what other places are scary in the area. Mm-hmm. And um, the Sorrel Weed House is actually I stood outside of it and was like, oh, this is such a pretty house. It's like the scariest house in Savannah. Oh, so I didn't choose that one. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. But that will probably be once we're deep in spooky season. I know this is just the beginning of spooky season yes. but once we're deep in spooky and soup season Good you, soup. we may we may be visiting the sorrel wheat house just uh, as a warning uh, figured i'd warn you now just uh, make sure but i like that <laughs> i'm sorry i would love i really would and i know you would you wouldn't actually do it and i'm never gonna force you to do it but i would love to go on a like a real ghost tour with you with like evps and stuff i think it would be really fun if we were with a group i would do it yeah, not by ourselves. Not I absolutely us. would not do it by ourselves. No. I would need people to be like, you I need to can't, be gr- you can't part go of in a there. group of like 10 chuckleheads that are doing it. Yeah, yeah. I would be totally into that. We should definitely do that. Okay. <laughs> you seem so unsure. 
Yeah. Yeah. We could do Colonial Williamsburg one. You want to do a Colonial Williamsburg one? Sure. We'll go to the CW. Yeah. Let's do that. C-dubs? C-dubs. I'm not making any promises about That's okay. Also, it's a long drive. Like, Georgia is a far way away. It is. That's like, the, fair. the Carolinas look pretty small on the map, but it's like many several hours. That's fair. I mean, considering that Savannah was our stop on the way, yeah. like, we, we, I mean, it's a 14 hour drive from here to where we were in Florida. So, yeah. I just, I, again, I make no fair. promises. I know. That's, that's totally fair. If we end up doing like a girl's trip where it's not a road trip, mm-hmm. maybe that's an option. Sure. And during the fall or winter might be yeah. more appropriate rather than a swampy summer. Mosquitoes. Uh-uh. I mean, you might get yellow fever. I'm kidding. You won't. But <laughs> you might. I read that book. Fever. You did? 1789. It's about the, the yellow fever outbreak in Philadelphia. Ooh. We read it for sixth grade English like language oh, arts right. but i reread the book like multiple times of course, you of did. course i did um <laughs> yeah uh, anyway all right well let us know what you go back and read that you were forced to read in school and uh what you call the civil war and what you call the civil war it's this very school coded episode you guys what what did you learn you're back it's back to school season back to school she did a dance you guys i did you're welcome and until next time remember this podcast doesn't exist. Do go success. <laughs> Shane just shook her head. <laughs> Shane shake. Shane shake. <laughs> this episode was researched, co-produced, and edited by Emma Kylie. Co-produced and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Our theme music was composed and performed by Tom Emsley Smith. The mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kylie. <laughs>